That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Hey, Zanna, ho, Zanna. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Name the musical. Ah, uh, this is, oh, uh, is that Jesus Christ Superstar? Yep, Andrew Lloyd Webber, the one and only. <laughs> No, no, yeah. no. Um, what's that buzz? Tell me what's happening. <laughs> We're just going to do the whole thing. Little snippets yeah, that's of the right. whole thing. Um, good. Well, here we are. And uh, it is uh, the Sunday of the Passion. And uh, where we have a, a number of readings. But, you know, this is one of those Sundays, just can we say, uh, right from the get-go. Uh, and I'm going to say it because I already know how you're doing, Aaron. You're doing great. You're looking marvelous. <laughs> so <laughs> you look marvelous. But, uh, um I mean, look at you. You got like a pocket, uh, you know, handkerchief. I, I, mean, I mean, you're yeah. ready to go. I do. I'm wearing a clerical collar. Yeah, like you. you're looking like a cardinal rector right there. So anyway. hey <laughs> Anyway, so, but today is one of those days when yeah. uh, uh, powerfully. Please get back to the text. Yes. Powerful. I'm just, you know, basking in your glow. But uh, um, today is one of those readings where I think uh, on one level, this is when we say this from time to time. But uh, the word, the power of the word has the ability to speak to people. And um, especially if you do a dramatic reading. But um, this is one of those uh, Sundays where uh, the gospel really speaks for itself. And what you're doing on this particular Sunday, on Palm Sunday, if you do the Liturgy of the Passion and the procession of the palms and all of those things, is you're setting people up. You're, you're, you're lobbing the ball into the air uh, to get them ready for Holy Week. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it, it, so this is Palm Sunday, or as it is now called, as you mentioned, Passion Sunday, Sunday the Passion. Passion. Used, used to be that it really was the focus was the triumphal entry. And now it's really trying to cram all of Holy Week into one Sunday because there's sort of this acknowledgement uh, uh, or maybe resignation to the fact that m- not many people or fewer people as used to now come to the Maundy Thursday and, and Good Friday services, which, by the way, are some of those powerful in the entire church year. So if you can, if you are a lay person listening to this and you're thinking, why would I go to church on Thursday night or Friday? Well, Jesus died for you. I feel like it's the least you can do, but... Uh, if you have to ask that question, are you really a Christian? Are you if really? you have to ask that question, are you listening to the same old song? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, um, they're beautiful, powerful, extreme. I mean, it's just, gosh, it's some of the best stuff. Uh, of the whole year and uh, um, but you know people sort of felt like well folks aren't coming so we should just put it all into Palm mm-hmm. Sunday so you begin with the liturgy of the Palms that is a decision by, about that's decision defined by low self esteem So yeah, that's right it's a fear based <laughs> decision uh, but the um, the the thing you have now is you begin on this very high note of the triumphal entry our you know, um, all glory, laud, and honor, and 
here he comes and we're excited we're waving the palms and hey Zana, ho Zana, and all of that jesus christ superstar and then you end with the crucify crucify him so uh i think one of the th and we'll get into this in the readings but you know it it gives you an opportunity as the liturgy is now structured to to um as the phrase goes lean into the whiplash of the human experience that we go from mountaintop to valley in about three seconds we go from a spiritual high to uh oh my god what have i done we go from going to church on sunday morning and then going home in the afternoon and having like a huge fight with somebody in your family um and you know taking things out on people you don't mean to or whatever the case may be you know we can we just careen wildly from um being the the good people we want to be to then not so much so uh and the liturgy really captures that and you can talk about that i think pretty powerfully uh and you will have probably limited time because the service is so long with the very long reading so you kind of have one thing to say um uh in a short period of time for people that are maybe already a little bit losing their attention span because they're They've just listened to a really long reading. Uh, anyways, so Palm Sunday, Liturgy of the Passion, um, uh, or Sunday of the Passion. The Liturgy of the Palm reading is Matthew 21, 1 through 11, which is the story of Jesus telling his disciples to get the donkey and then uh, and quotes the scripture verses about Jesus coming in on a donkey. And you hear the part about the, the, the cloaks being spread on the road and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then uh, you, in the actual liturgy of the word, once you're in the church or people are in the pews or however you've structured the liturgy, um, you then have uh, a reading from Isaiah 50, verses 4 through 9a. Then we have um, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. And then you have a choice for the gospel. You could do Matthew 26, verse 14 through 27 verse 66, or you can do the shorter option just from Matthew 27, 11 through 54. So it's how much of the whole narrative of Jesus's death, uh, his crucifixion, um, do you want to have in this service? Do you want to do the like, you know, 30 minute version, or do you want the sort of uh, uh, more bite-sized radio edit, a little bit shorter, um, just from Matthew 27. So, uh, I think we'll talk about the Matthew 27 passage here, knowing that obviously you can do the whole thing if you want to and, and all that. And, and if you have more time, you can include it. But um, just for, for the sake of brevity, we'll do that one today. So let's begin with this uh, uh, Isaiah 50 reading. We have uh, the voice of the prophet with this verse that Christians now understand to be sort of the voice of Jesus. I have set my face like flint. Uh, uh, this is quoted in the Gospels. Luke quotes that. Jesus sets his face like flint, and Luke is directly drawing on that, to go to Jerusalem. Um, uh, what would you say about this, if anything? I mean, we also have the giving my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. This is definitely like, you know, prophetic word about the crucifixion if you you know we're probably not going to preach on this but if we did anything you would say about this jake i'm it's true and so you know i mean like it's i think uh, you know the point is what you want to do is you want to just drive this back to i mean this is what it's all about is 
is is Christ. And uh, like I think you really hit on the existential point of uh, Palm Sunday is the whiplash of the whole service. You have this moment where we're you know, moving around and maybe if your church has gotten a bagpiper, all glory, laud, and honor, uh, you know, and into the we church. We got a bagpiper. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, in the middle of a passion play, everybody's standing up and yelling, crucify him. This is a whiplash Sunday. And uh, I think what it reminds us of powerfully is that, yeah, all of Scripture from the prophets uh, uh is building up to this very moment. Uh, this isn't an accident. This isn't by chance. This is building up to this very moment in order in where Jesus will uh, enter in triumph. And then uh, uh, and then we will see he will walk in triumph. Uh, it doesn't look, it doesn't take the way we define triumph, but we'll take that up to the cross where he will um, uh, give us his victory. And uh, this is the beginning of the whole thing. Yeah, the passage in Isaiah has to me that thread which runs through all these readings is how much Jesus is in control of all these events. He is not sort of buffeted about by the time and tides and the blowing winds. He is very much in control and very much doing things on purpose. And so just the agency, even in this Isaiah passage, I gave my back to those who struck me. I did not turn backward. I did not hide my face. I have set my face like flint. All these strong I statements, these action statements of Jesus doing exactly what he intended to do. And of course, this is through the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah. So to the audience hearing this, they're not understanding it the same way that we would in the Christian tradition, but seeing these as the words of Christ, um, you know, a prophetic uh, Christ statement, it just, you know, Jesus is not this hapless uh, victim. He is, uh, he's, He's doing exactly what he intended to do. And you see that in this in this passage, that he, as the old um, song goes, he decided to die. So this begins with the Isaiah passage, and then as we turn to the Philippians 2 passage, you see the same thing. This is called the Great Canotic Hymn. Don't call it that in your sermon, please, unless you do a lot of work of explaining what kenosis means, emptying, and why scholars call this the kenotic hymn, because it has Jesus uh, described as one who empties himself, in, in Paul's words here. But that is not the point. Uh, your, your congregation wins no extra credit with the Lord for knowing that some scholars have called this the kenotic hymn. What they need to know is that this shows Jesus Christ, again, choosing, acting, uh, to save the, the people in your pews and you, preacher. Uh, Jesus empties himself. Jesus takes the form of a slave. Uh, Jesus is, um, he humbles himself. Again, he acts. He does these things. He decides to do these things. Um, uh, this great giving up of himself and his privileges and all his prerogatives and all yeah. that in order to save the whole world and, and save you. The, and, uh, and the thing is, is that in the great whiplash of your life, uh, one of the great things here is that, you know, when we realize that life has whiplashed us, we be we become aware of that great truth that was uh, sung by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I believe, you know, what goes up must come down, and um, and uh, the truth is, is the good news of the gospel is that if what's gone up must come down, then what goes down in Jesus will eventually come up to new life, and uh, this is because of Jesus, uh, we never stay down for very long. That's right. And uh, 
There is uh, the, the the whiplash part again. If your folks arrive late to church, they miss the liturgy of the palms outdoors, or however you guys do it at your congregation, um, guys and gals, folks. Uh, you need to um, maybe do a little bit of explanation in your sermon. I I always uh, Jake and I have been talking about a preaching conference that Jake is organizing the end of 2023. But one of the things that we face is preaching in a context where people are not really biblically literate and don't always know the stories. And there's maybe 30% of your congregation that does know the stories, but there's a lot who don't. So for the people that arrive late or for the people that arrive on time, but just don't know what's going on, you may have to say, this is the day called Palm Sunday where Jesus enters. We remember when Jesus enters into Jerusalem for the last week of his earthly life. It's called Palm Sunday because people laid palms on the ground. They laid palms on the ground because this was a tradition for a, you know, a victorious king coming into uh, a victorious return home from a battle. And that people thought Jesus was about to inaugurate kind of a political reign and be great and all that. And uh, and everybody's excited because it's it's a new day, a new day dawning in Jerusalem, um, and none of that comes to pass. And as you get to the end of the service, and they'll have just seen, they'll just experience this whole thing um, that he dies, <laughs> and the whole thing is a complete failure. It's just it's it's like watching the movie Rocky, and you know, in round three, Rocky goes down, and Apollo Creed wins. Like that's. That would be the movie uh, if it was Palm Sunday um, or any, you know, it'd be Rudy who doesn't get called out on the field at the end. Uh, it, it would, he probably doesn't even make the team. He like moves to moves to uh, try to get into Notre Dame and he stays a janitor the whole time. And then the movie ends like and he's an old man and dying alone. Like that's that's what happens. It's like it's this great, exciting beginning, but then this horrible defeat. And um, so you do need to maybe explain some of that. Um, and I and I'd say um, uh, try to pick, uh, try make it, uh, dear preacher, um, make it uh, something that will connect with the person. Um, if you if you want to focus on, for example, the Philippians reading, which is talked about, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And that is good and true. That we should be people who serve others in humility and um, give up ourselves. You have an opportunity over Easter. You're 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 preaching to people that are coming back to church, many of whom after a long absence, or maybe it's their few times they visit per year. And rather than giving them something to do, be like Jesus, which they're already not doing well at all. Uh, tell them what Jesus has done for them. So uh, talk about what it meant for him to become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So we turn now to the Matthew reading chapter. We'll, well talk the, about 27, 11 through 54, unless you want to add anything to that, Jake, before no, we go to the gospel reading. I think you covered it. I think, uh, but, you know, with this, if you're going to preach on the passion um, and you want your sermon to be, you know, at a reasonable length, um, uh, well, pick something. Pick a theme out of this. Yeah. And uh, if you had to pick a theme, what would your theme be? It'd be about... Barabbas. Ah, and, that's everybody's no, favorite thing. What? So no. tell me, tell tell us what you would say. Um, I think just to talk about that, Barabbas is actually the the one person for whom Jesus literally died, like took his place, um, and uh, how how unfair that is. Mm. Uh, 
that Barabbas was actually guilty of something, that uh, Jesus was not guilty of anything, that Barabbas gets to go off scot-free and how awful that is. And, um, uh, and uh, you know, that's it's not justice. It's not what we like. It's not what we like in the world. Barabbas should totally stay in jail. And, um, and yet for totally uh, um, kind of random reasons, Barabbas gets to be um, let go. Mm. And, um, and if we're indignant about that or sort of enraged about that, like if, you know, um, if there's a, uh, a jail in your town and think about the people that are there right now and what if one of them just, who's totally guilty, just was let go because um, somebody else was who wasn't guilty was put in their place. Like how, you know, what would the headlines be? Like there would be, social media would erupt about how can you let this violent person out uh, of jail? Like they should pay their debt to society. And, um and yet, but that's the offense of the gospel, mm-hmm. and that, and and you know, to to try to connect it to sort of, we are Barabbas. We are the ones who um, exploit others, use others, dehumanize others, um, mm-hmm. dehumanize ourselves. Uh, um, just don't live up to who we have been called to be as image bearers of God, and all that sort of stuff. Don't use that language. It's like overly theological and abstract. But basically, just connect people to the fact that Jesus died. I mean, that's that's one thing that one could do. You kind of put me on the spot, so that's what I kind of pulled out. But you know, I think it's very all... powerful. I mean, that is that is a powerful thing. The other thing you can do in that particular uh, text is, I mean, Bara- Jesus Barabbas. I mean, his name means son of the Father. And, uh, and anybody who doesn't believe in a, a substitute, well, this is, I mean, it is being conveyed to you loud and clear in the person of mm. Barabbas, because each and every one of us, I mean, we go for the son of the father uh, who is a thief and a murderer, and, uh, and, uh, and all of us uh, are exchanged uh, for this true son of the father. And because of his exchange, uh, we... Um, are declared truly and eternally by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, sons and daughters of the Father. Yeah, and you know, another, I don't know, the other thing that, uh, as we're talking about one thing to pick on, if you don't want to preach on Barabbas, if that doesn't sort of uh, connect with you, because if it doesn't connect with you, it'll be hard for you to make it connect with your congregation. It with everybody. <laughs> it, I think it does, but you could also talk about the two bandits crucified with him, one on his right and one on his, mm-hmm. on his left, and um, this incredible thing of uh, um, Jesus uh, um, being um, paraded with the lawbreakers, um, that he is, Jesus looks exactly like those, he looks like a sinner. Hmm. He looks like a complete outcast sinner. Um, so where do you find Jesus in this scene? You find him with bandits. You find him, like think about the mug shots that show up on the evening news in your local paper. And, and where's Jesus? That's, that's where he is. Um, that's the image we get of him here. Hmm. Um, totally mocked, totally taunted. I mean, and I think, uh, the other thing you can do is if you want to get a little bit into Good Friday, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that later, but um, there's kind of the, the just total failure. It ends totally in failure of Jesus' entire ministry. Again, don't, don't, don't um, the tomb is sealed, spoil yeah. it and get to, yeah, don't, don't go to Easter yet. Um, let it sit with the pain and the <clears throat> failure of it. Yeah, I think uh, one would of the things... Anything you would pull out in addition? Yeah, I mean, I, I love... Uh, well, there's a couple of things, and I love uh, the thing that I would say is um, 
Uh, Jesus is kind of a theme. I think one a sermon you could do on this that would cover the entire reading is, uh, you know, Jesus's last experience with humanity, and uh, mm. you know, and uh, and uh, Jesus's last experience with humanity, and uh, uh, so. I mean, he's there in the Garden of Gethsemane with his friends, and uh, and uh, his last experience with his friends is that they fall asleep on him. You know, in the moment, yeah. in the moment of his, uh, in the moment of his need. I mean, he's so terrified that he is sweating blood as he is not just bearing the sins but becoming the sins of the world. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, "Can you not stay awake with me for one hour?" And uh, boom, they're asleep. Um, also, uh, his last experience with humanity, uh, his friends are not only asleep on the job, but one of them betrays him. And uh, yeah. who hasn't had these experiences when we felt uh, alone and denied by our friends and uh, when we've been betrayed by somebody? And then his experience of the religious, um, you know, and uh, uh, religion, um, I tell you, religion without Jesus uh, gets you a whole lot of nothing. It gets you a whole lot of empty promises. It gets you a lot, a whole lot of betrayal. It gets you a whole lot of disappointment. And so Jesus' yeah. experience with religion, and then we take it to the government. Uh, Jesus' last experience with the government. Well, it's corrupt, and uh, it washes its hands constantly of innocent blood. Mm. And, um, and all of this, um, Jesus becomes in order to rectify us and he, he uh, with uh, to reconcile us with the father and he takes all of those experiences those experiences that you and I have had you know um uh, waiting in line at the DMV. I mean, that's just the mm. least of it. But, uh, you know, all of it. He takes all of that experience. And indeed, what if God was one of us? Well, yeah. uh, he is, and he lays his life down. Uh, down, uh, like I love that. He humbled himself, going back to the Philippians passage, to the point of death. Uh, Jesus, if you've been low, uh, what we're reminded of today is that Jesus goes lower. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and what we're about to see as he goes into that tomb is that Jesus is going to go even lower than that. Uh, he's going to go to hell itself in order to reconcile you with the Father. I was uh, thinking about this just recently. Um, uh, there is uh, a museum right next to Calvary Church called Photographiska. Yeah. And uh, uh, they, a couple of... Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, had um, uh, an exhibit by Andrea Serrano. And uh, Andrea Serrano is a famous photographer and artist. And uh, one of the things he's most known for is for the Piss Christ. And I remember everybody freaked out yeah. about the Piss Christ. And there's a poster of it in the window right next to Calvary Church all the time, you know? And people are like, don't you get pissed about that? And the thing uh-huh. about uh, Holy Week, uh, what it reminds us of, and Palm Sunday reminds us of, is that Jesus is going to go low uh, for you. And uh, Piss Christ, well, it's appropriate, but it doesn't quite go low enough. He goes to the very depths of hell, sealed in a tomb to save you. And yeah. uh, that's um, that's kind of the message and the theme that I would hit on. Yeah, I mean, if you're offended at Piss Christ, you should be really offended at all the readings for Palm Sunday, because there is Jesus naked, stripped, humiliated, uh, you know, put up there for all to see. Um yeah, it's 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 a really offensive thing, and it and you know the thing for Palm Sunday for Sunday the Passion, um, and this is kind of a Holy Week thing as well. It's that it is it is we who put him there. We yelled Hosanna, you know, hail to the. 
king. And then we also said, crucify, crucify him. And we, you know, give us Barabbas and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put Jesus on the, on the cross. Um, yeah, it's powerful stuff. Um, and it, it doesn't end in a lot of hope. I, you know, if you do, you know, I go back and forth sometimes. I, I do think people should hear a word of grace. And if you want to give it, give, give some time to that. And I think you should. The thing that I would talk about is the fact that the curtain of the temple is torn in two, uh, that uh, the division between God and to your point, Jake, like this is Jesus's last interaction with human beings in his earthly life. And they all fail. Every single one of them fails in every single way. And, and yet, even without faithfulness on behalf of the people, even without righteousness on behalf of the people, um, Jesus's death is so powerful and so efficacious, meaning it gets the job done, that the thing that divides people from the Holy of Holies in the temple is split in two. Um, and that this means uh, that we have been reconciled to God, uh, that there's no division, there's no barrier anymore. Um, so this is, uh, it's, it's powerful. And I, and I would, I would let people know that, yes, we are, we are fickle whiplash kind of people that go from hail the King to crucify this person. And we go from the top of the mountain to the depths of the valley, bottom of the Grand Canyon, spiritually speaking. And yet Jesus is the one who gives himself for us he does empty himself. He is fully obedient. He does take the form of a servant. Um, and no one makes him do it. He does it because he loves us and he know he does it because he wants to save us. Um, and, uh, and receive the gift that is yours in Christ. So that's what I would say on Palm Sunday. Uh, anything we didn't say or need to say? Um, I think a couple of things maybe you want to, um, you make sure that you have a couple of hymns in there, especially like all glory, laud, and honor. And um, mm. uh, one that I love is uh, that really I think sums it all up is right on, right on, and majesty. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, uh, when I was a kid, we used to sing that all the time, and I thought that it was they were singing right on, like right on Jesus. But uh, um, uh, the, verse 3 of that particular hymn, which was written by Henry Hart Millman, goes, Right on, right on in majesty, the angel armies of the sky look down with sad and wondering eyes to see the approaching sacrifice. And uh, that is what this uh, day is actually all about, is we are watching with wondering eye uh, to, watch, to see the approaching sacrifice for you and for me and for the whole world. Yeah. Oh, I do. I'll, I'll raise a few hackles with this as we're, you know, it's not a good episode unless we lose some subscribers. Um, I saw something recently online where somebody said, you know, Jesus didn't die to take, they didn't kill Jesus because he, you know, came to save the world. They killed Jesus because he threatened the empire. And it was sort of like the, <laughs> yeah. the gist of this was like, you know, Jesus's goal was to end the oppressive Roman Empire, and that's what he really got in trouble for, and sort of implying that that's what we should be about now as well. And I'm not, I'm no fan of empire, Bro. and I'm no fan of yeah, political man. oppression, and you're even more in the conspiracy theories than I am. And <laughs> I'm not, uh, so, I'm not yeah. in the conspiracy theories, but I, I, I you're do. into the truth. It's all true. Truth. It's not yeah, that's right. But it's true, brother. Um, if there's smoke, but, there's fire. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever you think of any of that stuff. Um, 
if Jesus was about bringing down the Roman Empire, which it was terrible and awful and oppressive, and we should not make alliances with empire, but if that's what he was about, he would, Palm Sunday would be very different. He would have come into Jerusalem, called the angel armies, and he would have kicked Caesar out, and he would have established his own kingdom and would have done all that. And he didn't do it. So it seems to me that what he actually came to do was what St. Paul said he came to do, and what the Gospels say, to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So, let me just, uh, don't, can I just yeah, don't make this about an empire, make it about sin and salvation. Yeah. So there is a tradition in uh, Jerusalem and in the that on the same day Jesus rode in to Jerusalem on a donkey and came in through one gate, uh, Pilate was coming in through the other with his army, and that this is all like matched up. Pilate came in from Caesarea Mauritania uh, with the Roman army to remind these people that whatever your God did in the past, uh, that is in the past, and Caesar is now your Lord, mm. and. Um, and this is why the religious people go out and stop, like, they're like, hey, hey, chill out, chill out. Um, and he's like, I can't, because if they we stop, the stones will cry out. Because yeah. what Jesus is into is not just some sort of temporal Roman, and please, uh, he could have sent, and he tells Pilate this, I could send down 10,000 legions of angels to wipe right. you off the earth right now. My kingdom is not of this world. And what Jesus has come in to do and why he's sealed in the tomb is not to take on Caesar, please, but it is to tear down your real problem, which is sin, death, and the devil. And they manifest themselves in various things. And uh, Christians are called when, uh, when uh, earthly authorities begin to forget there's a God, they always place themselves as one. And uh, as Christians, we're called to call the world to repentance and faith in Jesus alongside the world. But but Jesus has come to take on your real problem, and that is um, eternal death, uh, and to answer it and respond to it with eternal life. This is why the early church used the word gospel. I mean, because it was the gospel according to Caesar Augustus before, I've conquered, and now I've brought civilization. And some of you uh, might become citizens, those that I don't ship off as slaves. Uh, and mm. the gospel, the good news of Jesus is, is I've conquered sin, death, and the devil, and nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Well, uh, anyway, gosh, we're, 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 you wrapped me stop. up. Now we're, let's talk about Fauci. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. There's uh there is, yeah, there's a part of the church that wants to say that Palm Sunday is about overturning empire, but Jesus doesn't do it. So Unless you're talking kind of about the whole, empire of the devil. That's right. There's kind of a hole in that argument, at least for Palm Sunday. Um, and again, not saying empire is good or anything no, like that. We're no fans it. of Darth Vader, but, um, but that's not what Palm Sunday is <laughs> Isn't about. it amazing? Yeah. Even in the future, we turn to fascism. That's right. That's right. Uh, Palpatine, we're mm. looking at you. All right. So just let's wrap up here and give a little because if it's Palm Sunday, it's mean you if you're a preacher, preacher and a listener, a preacher, then you have to talk very soon about Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. So we're going to give you a little. We'll do that next nugget. week. Oh, I wanted to. Okay. Now we got to right, do it next, next week, week. We'll do it. So okay, right. yeah. Well, let that be a cliffhanger, everybody. Yeah. Uh, that you get a to special uh, episode uh, coming. A, a special, a very special episode. A delicious. Episode. On uh, on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, which is right around the corner. Uh, but this will just this will do it for Sunday the Passion, Palm Sunday. Uh, well, right on, right on, in Majesty, Jake. Absolutely, Until next peace time. to you.
Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.